You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. What's up and welcome to Fantasy Basketball Weekly. I am Mike Florio, joined by my man, you know, the fantasy basketball expert from Roto Experts, Frank Stanfield. And Frank, if you thought all the excitement and all the moves and everything were ending at the trade deadline, you, you were wrong. Yeah, that's the fun of fantasy basketball, man. We got the Kevin Durant injury. A lot of new signings, a lot of veterans yep. let go and signed elsewhere. We're going to touch on that. We're going to touch on, you know, the top waivers. We've seen a lot of players come back post-All-Star break. We're going to check in and see how those guys are doing. But, you know, you hit the nail on the head. The, the big story of, in the NBA right now is that Kevin Durant injury. Yeah, so he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks, but... I'm not expecting him to come back for the regular season. So for fantasy purposes, he's probably droppable. But this is interesting for the Warriors, right? Because now we see them lose back-to-back games for the first, first time, time since, all year. since 2015. This is the first time that they, that that's, that's happened. Uh, so, look, they got to get back to last year's chemistry. They know how to play together already, obviously. But this is huge because even once he comes back, we spoke about this earlier in the week in BFFs. If they go on a streak where... They're playing well together as a three-man unit again with Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. How do you work Kevin Durant back in right away? I mean, you... You find a way. You bring him in right away in the playoffs? You you start him right away, or do you kind of ease him in? Like, what do you think about that, Mike? I think it depends when he comes back. If he comes back and, you know, say with a handful of regular season games or even the first round, I think they would ease him in for his sake, not for, you know, the chemistry's sake of anything. I think they would just ease him in because... You know, you don't want to overwork him too early. You want to make sure he can handle that workload come June against the Cavs. But if he comes back a little bit later, there is no way in hell you have a top five player in the NBA. Not even fantasy. Top five talent in the NBA, former MVP. There's no way you say, you know, we're going to do like the Cavs did with Kevin Love and, and take him off the bench or ease his minutes and let these big three play. You're going to tell these big three, hey, remember how it was before Kevin Durant got hurt? That's what we're going back to. This guy is the real deal. I mean, he was, he was their most efficient player pre-injury, and I know now we're going to see a big bump for Steph Curry, but there's no way you could overlook Kevin Durant and what he's going to do once he comes back from injury. From the Western Conference, who do you think is the biggest uh, threat to the Warriors this year? I, I know the Spurs are still there. They're the second seed, but you know we just we haven't heard a lot about the Spurs this year, and I feel like the Houston Rockets and the addition that they made uh, uh, to Lou Williams – the Rockets going up against the Golden State Warriors. This is a game that we're going to see, you know, 130 to 125. We're going to be we're going to see high-scoring games and we know the Warriors can score points, but the Houston Rockets can also score and they showed at the trade deadline they opted not to bring in defense. And it kind of makes sense for them to just double down on scoring because even if they bring in one, two defenders, they're still surrounded by a bunch of players who don't play defense. So, you know, you bring in Lou Williams, you get another guy who could score, you know, 20 plus points on any given night and now he's coming off the bench I really do think that the Rockets are interesting in a, in a seven game series against the Golden State Warriors uh, in the in the Western Conference I think for a pure entertainment and even like you know DFS if you play that in the playoffs we're gonna want to see the Warriors match up against the Rockets like you said that'll be a very high scoring game we're gonna see a bunch of threes but the thing is I think the Rockets are 
a team that will give the Warriors work, but I kind of think they are a poor man's Warriors team. You know, they rely on the three. They rely on a high-paced, quick offense. They are efficient, but they cannot. They don't have the, the guns to match up with the Warriors when they are fully healthy. Even without Durant, I think the Warriors could, uh, could work the Rockets. I'm worrying about the Spurs if I'm the Warriors because this is a team that I spoke about this on BFFs during the week. Yeah, I think we underrate them a little bit because they're boring, because they always get there, and because they don't, besides Kawhi Leonard, they don't really have anyone who stands out in fantasy. We don't go out of our way to watch the Spurs like we do the team like the Warriors and the Rockets where, you know, we're loading up on these guys in DFS and we have them all on our season-long teams. So I think we underrate the Spurs a little bit, but this is a team that has been there before. They've given the Warriors some tough matchups previously, and... I mean, Kawhi Leonard could lock up really anyone that he really wants. Plus, Greg Popovich is, is going to make a great scheme. Ultimately, though, I do see, I do think the Warriors are still the favorites in the Western Conference. Do you think, though, the loss of Durant? I mean, last night, uh, first game without Kevin Durant, we only saw them score 14 points in the fourth quarter and 87 points total. So, yeah, Steph Curry's in a big shooting slump. That's not going to last. But do you get scared? If, say, Kevin Durant's injury is serious, or do you still think, with or without him, they are the favorites in the Western Conference? Well, personally, I'm not scared because I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan, and I could care less whether they lose or not. Actually, I'd probably prefer them to lose because you go out there and you try to bring in another superstar. It just sucks, you know, for us in New York where it's so hard for us to get superstars, and then the Golden State Warriors, who just won 73 games. Steph Curry went one pick before the Knicks, let's not forget. Yeah, of course, and, you know, who did we take in that draft? I believe it was Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill, big Jordan Hill. What is he doing nowadays? I don't know, probably someone's taxes or something. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, from the Golden State Warriors' perspective, you said that the Rockets are a poor man's Warriors team. I don't know, man, because I feel like James Harden... He is. He could be as good as Steph Curry. Maybe not the same level as a shooter, I, I but can, an all-around player. He's obviously a better passer. And then you surround him with amazing shooters in Lou Williams, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, and then you even have big guys in Clint Capella, Nene Hilario, uh, and Montrezl Harrell. So I really do think that the Rockets are a threat here. I, I mean, I'll give you James Harden. He could be just as good as Steph Curry. If not, maybe you can even argue that he's better. I'm not going to argue on that, but. I mean, you you mentioned the players he has around him. They're all they're very comparable pieces, but they're not Kevin but they're Durant. Not they're not Clay Thompson. Yeah. They're not Draymond Green. Even you know the Warriors have some depth. They have like Iggy coming off the bench. They just they are going to sign uh, Matt Barnes. So, I mean, yeah, the Warriors bench isn't as good, at least in my opinion, as years past. But you headed Kevin Durant. So And even without him, let's not forget, this is a team that set the NBA record for wins last year. They won, what, 25 in a row, 73 total, and we have discussed this in length. I mean, they, you could change so many things, and they are your reigning, defending two-time NBA champs. If Jamon doesn't get suspended, if LeBron doesn't block Iggy's shot, there's so many. All of those games were close and down the stretch. They were so close. They won the year before that. I mean, this team, at least in my opinion, has the benefit of the doubt until someone upsets them, besides the Cavs. And you brought up the slump that the Warriors are going through right now. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time because while they did play last year and years past without Durant, it's going to take some time to get that chemistry back because this whole season has been an experiment and they were trying to get the chemistry right with Durant. And now with him gone, they have to find that chemistry. They have to get it back again. So I do think that that's going to be interesting. Uh, From a fantasy perspective here, in the first game without Durant, we saw Pat McCall get the start uh, at the shooting guard position. They kind of just slide 
Clay Thompson over to the three. Pat McCall played 29 minutes. He had 11 points, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. I really do like this kid. Now, I don't think he's not going to have an opportunity to do much for fantasy, but he is sneaky in deeper leagues because, you know, he can he can rack up some steals. He could get some three-point shots. So I, I do kind of like Pat McCall, maybe in a 14-team league or deeper. I know Matt Barnes was the addition that they made here. He only played 12 minutes. I would say that that's probably close to the extent of his role. They brought him in for, you know, for toughness, for defense, maybe shoot some threes from the outside. But Matt Barnes, I think, is a guy who's going to play, you know, 12 to 18 minutes a game, probably hover close to that 15 minutes per game range every single game. Uh, and then Iguodala, we saw Iguodala have a good game there, 10 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. Mike, if you're in a deeper league and you lost Durant, there's probably not much available. But no. between Iguodala and Pat McCaw, I mean, who would you want between these guys? I think I would go with Iggy just because we know what his role is. Like like you said, Matt Barnes could – he only played a handful of minutes, but it was his first game as he gets accustomed with the offense and such. I, I could see him getting a larger role, but Iggy's role is carved out. He's going to be the sixth man, you know, running with the second unit. And I, I just – I trust him a little bit more. But – we are going to touch on the fantasy value of, you know, all these faces and new places that we saw, including Matt Barnes in the next segment. So, but to, we're, like I said, we're going to touch on these guys' fantasy value next segment. But I think we agree right now the real biggest threat for the Thunder and, and their quest to, you know, reclaim the, their place as NBA champions is the Cavs. And they made some moves to sign Andrew Bogut and Deron Williams. So... Are they now the favorite to win the NBA champion and championship? And is there anyone in the NBA in the Eastern Conference that you think could you know give them a run for their money and upset them? So I do think that they still have to be the favorite because I mean they just won the championship last year, and then you make all these additions. Plus, I know they don't have Kevin Love, but he should be back in time for the playoffs. Now the Warriors lose Kevin Durant and. The Cavs add all these pieces. They add Deron Williams, who has uh, plenty of experience in the NBA. Yeah, he might not be great for fantasy purposes, but for the Cavs, he brings leadership, uh, he, you know, dependability, and it's just a veteran presence off the bench for them that they really needed. They didn't he played have 31 minutes yeah, they didn't, against the Celtics the other day. They didn't have a good point guard coming off the bench, so you know he's not necessarily going to bring the ball up, but he is a good good shooter. They still have Kyrie there, but they needed to add a piece. We thought maybe they would add Brandon Jennings or something like that, but they bring in Deron Williams and then Andrew Bogut, who also has agreed to sign with the Cavaliers. We probably won't see him there for a couple of days, maybe by next week, but I'm not expecting much from him. It does bring a certain level of toughness. He has toughness. a very good defensive presence, and yeah. I think they could use him around the rim. Yeah, absolutely, because he's going he's gonna to play 15 to 20 minutes, and he can't play more than that. because we That's saw, what he did with the Warriors last year. Yeah, and with the Warriors, they just don't play the big man all that much, even with Zaza Pachulia this year. Because they go to that lineup where they, you know, they could put Draymond uh, Green at the five, and that's why I don't think any team could really match up with them in the West. No, 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 it's not, it's not a good matchup at all. I mean... That's why I think the Houston Rockets might be the closest because while Ryan Anderson is not a good defender, you can shift him over to the five and then you kind of have a smaller lineup where everyone can shoot threes. But for the Cavaliers, I mean, it makes sense for them to bring in Deron Williams and Andrew Bogut. They needed some veterans off the bench. and LeBron got the help he was calling for. Remember, he said we need a playmaker. They got Deron Williams, who isn't the Deron Williams of old, but he's still a pretty reliable point guard off the bench, I would say. Yeah, especially. I mean, he was starting for the Dallas Mavericks this year, so he was a starting caliber player in the NBA, and now he's coming off the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I think that's a good addition for them. 
Andrew Bogut, I'm not expecting much, but he brings some some toughness, some grit. Uh, he's a good insurance player for you know if anything were to happen to Tristan Thompson. But I, I still think that they're the favorite in the Eastern Conference. As good as the Wizards have been, you know, they've made a few moves themselves. There's still not enough depth, depth there for the Wizards. I don't think that they can hang with LeBron and Kyrie. And even the Celtics, you know, we were just talking about at the I, trade deadline, why didn't they trade for a superstar? Yeah, they just beat the Cavs, but the Cavs didn't have Kevin Love, so that, that is a big part of this as well. And, you know, the guys are still getting acclimated into the team, and they didn't have Andrew Bogut either. Remember, you said we kind of argued if – we, of course, obviously both think Cleveland is going to go to the NBA Finals, but I was saying I don't think – obviously Boston needed some help, but I don't think the Cavs are a team that's going to beat them up too bad inside because that's not really primarily their game. They're, you know, they're more rely on the big three, put the ball in LeBron's hands, and – in the game that Boston won, Cleveland only out-rebounded them by four and only scored eight more points in the paint than them. So, I mean, maybe we are not giving Boston a fair due because, I mean, Isaiah Thomas, and we know he's been cooling off, he had a monster game against Cleveland, 31 points in 35 minutes, and after he said no one could keep him in check. And I like that. I mean, he's the smallest guy on the court, but he has a ton of heart, and he has a fiery attitude. So I like to see that. I would really like to see these two teams match up in a seven-game series. But another team that I know we were we both thought maybe could give the Cavs some work is the Raptors, but they saw Kyle Lowry go down, and now without him, I mean, their whole offense is really just DeMar DeRozan, ISO, and that's it. They traded to get a lot of defensive guys like Serge Ibaka, like P.J. Tucker, and now I think they have too many guys whose focus is primarily defense, and they don't have enough offense. I think they actually miss Terrence Ross a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point, but anytime you could turn Terrence Ross into Serge Ibaka, I, I think you have to make that move. Yeah, he kind of does limit them offensively a little bit, but he, he can shoot the three. He can still protect the rim a little bit. And we've seen them go to this new lineup where Jonas Valanciunas is actually on the bench. And then they have Serge Ibaka at the five, P.J. Tucker at the four, Damari Carroll at the three, and then DeRozan and Corey Joseph or whoever else they want to throw in there at point guard. Uh, so that that's an interesting lineup where, the, you know, there's a lot of matchup problems there. And they could guard a lot of uh, teams with that lineup. But I, I do tend to agree with you. The Raptors are interesting. Mike, how do you feel about the Wizards getting Brandon Jennings? I I know it's a good depth piece, but he's a very erratic player. We've watched him play for the New York Knicks all year long. It looks like he kind of just runs around the court until the defense gets tired, and then he just kind of puts up a shot or tries to to, to pass it away to someone else. I think Jennings is a good signing for them. The Wizards starters all play a ton of minutes. They don't have a lot of depth. And now Brandon Jennings is a very reliable player that you can bring in and, and put the offense in his hands real quick i know you thought the rockets were the warriors biggest test in the west i said spurs who is the Cavs' biggest test in the east is it one of these three teams that we talked about or are you taking you know a deeper team who do you think is the biggest threat to the Cavs? i do think it is the celtics because isaiah thomas is such a prolific scorer he can get everybody involved and defensively they're a very tough team because Marcus Smart could play the two. Uh, he's a great defensive player. They have Jay Crowder, who's a great defensive player. Avery Bradley is a great defensive player. It's really just the inside that they, they lack help. As good as Al Horford is, he really is more of a power forward. He's been playing the center role for them uh, this year. He's not a great defensive player, you know, in the post guarding other, uh, other big men. But, you know, he needs help rebounding the basketball. If they go to that smaller lineup where they have Jay Crowder playing power forward, I mean, it's, it's very obvious that they're undersized. If the Cavs have Kevin Love healthy, healthy and Tristan Thompson, it is a very tough matchup for the Cavs. So I, I think the Cavs 
are still the favorite, but the Celtics are probably right there because they do have a lot of great wing players. They have a great, uh, they have great defensive players, and Isaiah Thomas is a prolific scorer, as we've seen in the past. I'd agree. I'm really hoping we do see that series. I think they are the biggest test. But if I'm a betting man, I'm saying we see Warriors-Cavs round three, and I have no complaints about that. That's fair. Yep. But as we said, you know, we saw all these players. We touched on a lot of them. They signed with new teams. Brandon Jennings, Deron Williams, Matt Barnes, Andrew Bogut, all these guys. We're going to touch on them from a fantasy side now. Tell you if you should have any interest, how it affects the teams that they are signing. So stay tuned for more from Fantasy Basketball Weekly. To Fantasy Basketball Weekly here with my man Frank Stanfield. You know, What's we're... up? What's up? You're still sticking to that. Yeah, that's my new thing. Our truth. I mean, if if you really want that to be your thing, go for it. I had the what's up. Yeah, I, going... I didn't like that very much. Do you like what's up? What's up? Yeah, but I feel like you need more participation. Like, no, when I say what's up, you have to say it back. Like, I go, what's up? What's up? There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, as we said, we're going to talk about these players who signed with new teams. If you thought the moves were over at the trade deadline, you thought wrong because so many of these t- players, uh, these veterans, got bought out, and now they're going to contenders. Mike, real quick, do you think this is going to continue to be a trend in the NBA? I feel like we see this every year. You're probably right. Like, like I'm sure the Knicks were shopping Brandon Jennings for anything, even a second-round pick, and all the teams were probably saying... Nah, we'll just wait until you buy him out, and then we'll pick him up. I know he's my—he's kind of my go-to veteran on a bad team, but I feel like if Tyson Chandler was on a one-year deal, he would be bought out. If, yeah. not, if he wasn't traded, he'd be bought out and signed probably with Boston or something like that. Yeah, that's weird for Boston, man. I'm sure they could have got Tyson Chandler for dirt cheap, but obviously they just don't want to pay him the, I believe it's $26 million owed over the next Yeah, I can't years. blame him on that one. That's going to probably end up looking I mean, like have, an ugly contract. Having a veteran like Tyson Chandler at the center position – for the next two years where you can probably compete and then you have the draft pick coming in as well, that's not bad to have. It makes sense, in my opinion. So faces in new places, man. We added uh, – we, we said the Wizards added Brandon Jennings. They also traded for uh, your man, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, he's actually been playing really well, too. You know what he is for fantasy purposes. He's a points and threes guy, but he's getting the minutes. We've seen a few games here where he's playing over 30 minutes a game. He's exactly what they needed. They needed depth off the bench. They needed a scorer off the bench. Uh, And, you know, that's exactly what he gives you. For fantasy purposes, points and threes pretty much, it's coming in volume now. He had a big game the other day. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, because they needed him. They, don't ha- they didn't have anyone coming off the bench. They had you know, guys like Trey Burke coming off the bench. 27 points in 25 minutes. I mean, yeah, that's I nice. Mean, he, he's, he's a shooter in the NBA, so he's streaky. When he gets hot, he's going to be able to bury a ton of threes, and, and other nights he's going to be off. But it's a, it's a good pickup for the Washington Wizards. It, it certainly makes sense. So, as we were saying earlier, last segment, the Wizard starters get so many minutes, especially Beal and Wall. Like, I feel like they don't really have anyone to run the offense outside of those two guys, and I think that's where Brandon Jennings is going to come in. They, they probably still don't have someone who can run an offense. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's not be too harsh on my man Brandon Jennings. He, Mike, he's a very inefficient player. He turns the ball over a lot. He is gritty. He is certainly gritty. But like I said, you know, watching him run an offense this year in New York – he would really just run around the court until the defense would get tired and then either throw up a shot or just pass it off to oh, someone else. He's, with Brandon Jennings, let's be honest, you're going to get a lot of questionable uh, 
shots, but he's averaging close to five assists per game. And it was something we saw in, in New York. Whenever Derrick Rose sat, this guy would come in and he'd have pretty big games, especially assist-wise. I'm pretty sure this guy has more double-digit assist games than the Knicks starting point guard in Derrick Rose. Yeah, that's certainly true. I mean, he still does have vision. It's just the decision-making, you know, he makes stupid passes at time. He takes stupid shots. So, I mean, look, you know what you're getting out of Brandon Jennings as well. For fantasy, I'd say he's probably not even worth owning. Probably going to play. Really? Yeah, he's probably going to play close to 20 minutes per game. You know, John Wall, he's up there in league leaders in minutes played, and I don't think it's going to change all that much. Don't you think that they want to start to rest him a bit for the playoffs? Yes and no, because I still think that they want to lock up a top seed in the Eastern Conference, and for that to happen, they're going to still need John Wall to play a lot of minutes. So I do think, I think Brandon Jennings' role for the Washington Wizards will be very similar to what he did with the Knicks. He'll play around 20 minutes per game. He could probably give you, you know, close to five assists, maybe a steal, maybe a three-pointer, but, you know, he's going to hurt your field goal percentage, certainly. Uh, For the Wizards, it made sense because, like I mentioned, they had Trey Burke coming off the bench as their backup point guard, Tomas Saturansky. I mean, do you know who that is? I can't say I do. <laughs> so, yeah, they had, they had scrubs coming off the bench behind John Wall. They really did need to bring in a veteran point guard, and that's what they got in Brandon Jennings. You know what I also expect to see a bit of? I expect to see them go with like a, a dual point guard lineup at times because you know Bradley Beal is one of the more injury-prone players in the league. I don't think – I mean, I could be wrong, but I think if they want to scale anyone's minutes back, it will be his more than John Wall's. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first guard off the bench, whether it's for Beal or for John Wall. Yeah, certainly. That makes sense. He could be the first guard off the bench, like you mentioned. He can he can shoot a little bit. It's very inefficient. His shot is erratic, but he can shoot You know, a wide-open three-pointer. That's why you're in the NBA. You're supposed to be able to make those shots. And like I mentioned, they don't have much depth behind Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich could play the two at times. You don't really want him there. Kelly Oubre can slide over to the two. But the same thing, they're really more small forwards, so they probably will stay in that role. I agree with you. I think we could see uh, Brandon Jennings play a little shooting guard as well off the bench. I think in a 12-team or 10-team league, you don't really have to have any interest in Brandon Jennings. Maybe if you own John Wall and you're afraid like if they clinch a playoff spot, they're going to shut him down. Yeah, that's a good ad. That's a good point. Then you stash him on your bench. But I think if you're talking 14, teams are deeper. I think there is a spot at least for some depth or something for Brandon Jennings on your roster. Yeah, especially with, you know, once you get to 14 team leagues or deeper, you're just trying to find anybody who plays minutes. So if we're talking about a guy who's going to play 20 to 22 minutes a game for the Washington Wizards in a good, you know, good offense where he has people that he can play make to, yeah, it certainly makes sense. I really do like the point that you brought up about if you're a John Wall owner, Specifically in a, a weekly format where you that's, don't have to change your here. lineup, <laughs> where you don't have to change your lineup every single day because obviously you need production for in a, in a daily lineup league. But if you're in a league where you don't need those bench spots every single day, it it certainly makes sense to stash Brandon Jennings in case they do clinch and decide to like rest John Wall down the stretch. So the other guys we saw sign with a new team, we saw. Uh, Deron Williams sign with the Cleveland. We're going to see Andrew Bogut eventually make his debut there. Are those? I, I think I really like Deron Williams. I know you're not as huge on Andrew Bogut because the minutes limits. He's going to play like 15 to 20 minutes a game. He's a better real-life player and real-life asset for the Cavs when he is fantasy. I, I think you would agree with that, right? For Andrew Bogut? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. He's a better real-life player. He doesn't offer much scoring, but he can rebound a little bit, block some shots like you mentioned. He's a gritty defensive player, uh, and he certainly wants to get back to the finals now to to go up against the Warriors who opted not to bring him back. So uh, 
for fantasy, he's not worth owning at all. Isn't it funny that, I mean, so close to winning a ring, lose it in heartbreaking fashion, and now he's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to Cleveland. Yeah, people are not making such a big deal out of uh, Andrew Bogut doing because it as it's Kevin Andrew, Durant. Because it's <laughs> Andrew Bogut. I know, I know. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I know, because no one cares about Andrew Bogut. But he is a solid real-life player. Like I said, he'll protect the rim. He'll give you a hard 15 to 20 minutes a game. But for fantasy purposes, you're not going to get a lot there. He's not going to do a lot of the heavy lifting scoring-wise. Maybe a handful of rebounds and a block a game, something along those lines. Yeah, but not even in a fourteen or sixteen teamer. Sixteen team. I'd rather take a shot on a on a young player who's going to get more minutes down the stretch. But I'm excited about Deron Williams, man. Thirty one minutes off the bench. He played more minutes than Kyle Korver. He had more points. I mean, he took ten shots, thirteen points, three rebounds, no assists. Okay, but a block and a steal as well. I mean, I really think there's going to be big minutes allocated towards this guy. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong D. Williams, apparently. Darren Williams had four points. I'm looking at Derek Williams. I like Derek Williams, too, a new face in Cleveland. But Deron Williams, 24 minutes, four points, two rebounds, two assists. It was his first game, though, so he he could earn more minutes, but it's not likely just because what's the biggest knock on Deron Williams? He's always hurt. So, you know, they don't want to play him that much. He's good insurance for Kyrie Irving. Exactly what LeBron James wanted, he got in a backup point guard, a wily veteran in Deron Williams, a guy who, you know, he hasn't had a lot of playoff exposure, a little bit with the Jazz, a little bit with the Brooklyn Nets. But now he can finally go deep into the playoffs with Cleveland. He's just a backup point guard to me. Uh, the only way I'd want to own him is if, you know, the, the, the Cavaliers clinch and maybe they they rest Kyrie Irving down the stretch. Still 20, 24 minutes in his first game. That's that's a sign of things to come, I think. Yeah, but you look what he did in those in those 25 minutes. I don't think there's going to be many opportunities for him to score. You know, LeBron he still plays... eight with, shots. LeBron plays with the ball in his hands a lot, and so does Kyrie Irving. So, you know, they're getting shots for those guys. They're getting Derek Williams involved now, Channing Fry a little bit. So, I don't think there's much to go around with Deron Williams. I'd probably rather take a shot on Brandon Jennings if I'm in a deeper league. I'd say he's better than Liggins, so LeBron James is pretty happy right now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no, I think, I think uh, Williams is in the same kind of tier as as uh, Brandon Jennings we said you know maybe you want to because again like the point I made with John Wall Cleveland is going to wrap this division uh, uh, this pretty much the whole conference up early last year I was a Kyrie Irving owner I also owned Kevin Love and it was really frustrating because once Cleveland had things wrapped up almost every other game it felt like Kyrie was sitting and if that's the case Duran is going to get pretty big minutes he's going to be the starting point guard on a team that's going to have the big three sitting out. So I think he's probably a guy I would stash over Brandon Jennings just because of that. Yeah, I mean, I still think I'd rather have Brandon Jennings just because... He's uh, a better player? He is better at this point. You can't expect much out of Deron Williams. Plus, he always gets hurt. So maybe even once they wrap up the conference, maybe they look to to get the other younger players even minutes. Maybe they get Kate Felder involved a little bit. So I'm not in on Deron Williams at all. So I'm passing. The last big name player we saw switch uh, uniforms, sign somewhere else was you know it came on bad circumstances, but Matt Barnes signing with the the Warriors. So is there any interest there at all? I know we were talking up the different ways they can go about filling Durant's spot. He didn't have many big minutes in his first game with them. Are you excited at all about them? No, 
Matt Barnes, exactly what I mentioned earlier. I think he's gonna he's bound for a 15 minute role on this team. He he was brought in for defense, maybe shoot a couple threes off the bench. He really is just a role player, and that's what he was in Sacramento, but obviously he had a much bigger role. He was playing 25 to 30 minutes a game. Now it's being reduced to 15, so I'm not expecting much out of him. Like we mentioned, I think Igudala or Pat McCaw are the, are the guys to look at here in deeper leagues. I tend to lean Pat McCaw. Mike tends to lean Andre Igudala. Yeah, I'm not excited really about anyone outside of the big three, though, because we saw just in the first game without Durant, you know, Steph Curry's usage shot back up. It went back to the usage of last year when he was like super Steph. Clay Thompson's usage went up. Draymond Green's usage went up. So I'm not really excited about anyone outside the big three. But, you know, if you lost Duran or, you know, you just need to hit the waiver wire after the trade deadline, we're going to talk about that when we come back. So stay tuned for more from Fantasy Basketball Weekly. the music what song is this what is love mike come on yeah do the little head bob welcome back to fantasy basketball weekly like we said we're gonna break down you know the top waiver wire options frank sample writes the waiver wire article every week on rotoexperts.com and we have a special guest joining us, our BFF co-host Greg Sussman. You know it's it's rare that I come in on the weekends, but for you, for you I'll do anything. For us before. or to get rubber ducks. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. That's our little secret. Sorry. It's our little secret. So, yeah, Frank, you wrote the article. Who is your top ad of the week? Well, I think if you're a Kyle Lowry owner, Corey Joseph has to be up there. I'm not super excited about it because, you know, Corey Joseph is kind of a boring player. He's, he's going to score a little bit. He's going to give you assists. He's going to give you a couple of steals, but he doesn't shoot threes. Uh, but the volume is going to be there. He, he's going to play 30 to 35 minutes. And I think at this point in the year, anytime you can find a starting point guard who's going to play over 30 minutes on the waiver wire, he needs to be a priority. Greg, would you agree? Yeah, you know, I picked, I ran and picked Corey Joseph up the second I saw the news. Um, and he has to be the priority. Because the minutes are going to be there. You know, I'm in a season of league where I need assists. You know, only got one the other night. Um, he's going to get the minutes. He's going to, he's going to get the playing time, obviously. Uh, and with his ability to score the basketball and pass the basketball, um, he's a must pull. He's a must own right now. No question about it. So the thing we were just talking earlier that the Raptors really had, and I know you, Greg, on your show, Roto Experts in the Morning on Friday, you were talking about it. The Raptors have a whole bunch of defensive minded players now. They really need someone to step up scoring wise besides DeMar DeRozan. Could Corey Joseph be that guy? He needs to be, I think, Mike. Like the Raptors are counting on it with the way they obviously maneuvered their their move at the at the break um, at the trade deadline. Like they are counting on him to be. I don't think there's any question about that. Norman Powell step up. We've said that, and like all these defensive guys, Damari Carroll, Serge Ibaka, they have to score the basketball. <laughs> so does Jonas Valanciunas. Like all these guys have to step up. I know it's not their necessarily their game, and it's not the way the Raptors want to play. But yes, every one of them, Corey Joseph, on up, like bigger. That's what I mean, on up. Have to have to score the basketball. They have to. So Frank, I know another team that you're really excited about, at least for fantasy basketball, is the Phoenix Suns. They're rebuilding. We're starting to see them give all their young guys minutes. Who are the big winners now? Post trade deadline for the Phoenix Suns. So obviously he's owned in a lot of leagues already, but 
even in 10-team leagues, he has to be owned now, and that's TJ Warren. We saw him get off to a hot start earlier in, in the season. He was averaging 20 points per game in his first 11 games. Uh, then he suffered a head injury, and we saw a correlation where where Eric Bledsoe was getting more usage, and once that happened, TJ Warren kind of he took a back seat, plus the injury. So he's kind of been out of it, but now that they're going with the youth movement, I think that TJ Warren is the top guy here. He's going to give you points. He'll give you some rebounds. He'll give you steals. Uh, uh, not known as a great defensive player, but he plays so many minutes that he's going to give you some steals. Uh, so TJ Warren, I think, is the biggest winner here. But really, I, I wrote it down. You need to be adding all Phoenix Suns, regardless of what format you're in, 12 teams, 14 teams. You could look at all of these guys here. Now that Tyson Chandler and Brandon Knight are out of the rotation, it is a youth movement, and it is on. It is a real thing. Marquise Chris is a guy that you should be I looking like him at. I like him a lot. Uh, Alex Len, although he doesn't play as many minutes. Big Sauce Allen Williams. This is my guy right here because he's an undersized forward, and he plays hard, man. He plays with heart. Uh, he's a gritty player. He's a rebounder. He's a garbage man. He's exactly what you want out of a, a big man in the NBA, uh, a guy that's going to play very hard. He's going to give you rebounds. We've seen him have multiple double-doubles already coming off the bench. So Big Sauce Allen Williams is a guy I'm looking at. And Tyler Eulis, very interesting. In that game on Thursday night, they opted to bench Eric Bledsoe down the stretch and play Tyler Eulis the entire fourth quarter. This is a kid, uh, he, he was very electric coming out of college. Uh, and what was even more telling about that is that the Suns only had a three-point lead going into the fourth quarter. So they really trusted Tyler Eulis and the rest of their youngsters down the stretch here. And I think we're going to see even more of that uh, as the season comes to an end. I think we could see Eric Bledsoe's minutes come back, maybe even uh, you know just get shut down for the season because he has been an injury-prone player in the With past. So I think Tyler Eulis is even a guy that you could look at. He'll give you points, assists, uh, and some steals as well. With the Suns going on this youth movement, I mean, we know what Eric Bledsoe is. He doesn't really need more developing. It would kind of make sense for them to, to you know either scale back his minutes or shut him down and just let the youngsters get all the time they can get. I don't think there's any question about it, Mike. I think you're going to see Eric Bledsoe lose some time, maybe take a couple of games off here and there, uh, lose minutes in crucial situations. As you, as you guys both said, the Suns are trying to see what they have, and Tyler Eulis is going to get every opportunity, not only to play, but to play important minutes and to play an important role. Like They want to see Tyler Eulis with the ball in his back, the his hands with the basketball. They want to see Devin Booker with his hands with the ball uh, in a in a facilitator role. Their youth movement is totally on from all the guys that you just mentioned, and they're going to try different combinations. They do not care about winning. They don't care about knowing what they have already. Like They need to figure out what the future is in Phoenix. Mike, if I had to rank the Phoenix Suns additions right now, I would rank it TJ Warren, Big Sauce Allen Williams, Marquise Chris, Tyler Eulis, and Alex Len in that order. I really like Marquise Chris. Yeah, and there's a lot to like about him because he's an athletic, uh, a big, he can step out, he can shoot the three, but he can catch all the alley-oops, he can make all the dunks. He's a very electric player. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch for a long time, but the minutes have fluctuated. He's been up and down. He's still very inconsistent, a little bit raw. So I think Allen Williams is going to be more consistent, but Marquise Chris probably does have more upside long term. He So for me, I would go TJ Warren, number one, because he's the only one with minutes guaranteed, like you said, Frank. Um, number two... For you, for you was who? Big Sauce, you said? Yes, Alan Williams. So I can't do that because he's still coming off the bench. Alex Len's yep. still starting with him. He's splitting time. Um, for me, it's probably Marquise Chris because he starts. We, we know he's getting the minutes. And I just want guys that I know are going to play. I know their roles are secure. So I'm going to go with TJ Warren, Marquise Chris. I'm going to go with Tyler Ulis for the reasons I mentioned. Um, then I'm going to go with Len and then, gonna, then Big Sauce because Alex Len still starts for this team. And if he gets hot, I, I think they'll go back to him. Like I think he has the first opportunity here. Kind of like... I. I 
relate this to John Lohr and Tobias Harris, right? Like, if Lohr gets hot, Tobias Harris loses time. And if Tobias Harris gets hot, then John Lohr loses time. But it's Lohr that has the first opportunity. Len has the first opportunity. So Big Sauce is last on my list. Why are you disrespecting the Big Sauce? You just like him because of the nickname. No, he's legit. The cool man. name theory. It is the cool name theory. But, but the thing is, well, yes, look at his game logs. Cool name, but you add big sauce, it changes everything. <laughs> look at the game logs. Sounds man. like a wrestler. No, name. I know, I know, I know. Frank, he's had I know. some monster double doubles. Excellent, excellent, excellent games. No question about it. All right, Frank. So outside of Phoenix Suns, then who would be the next guy you're running to the waiver wire looking to add? Oh, it's absolutely Rashawn Holmes. And this was a guy that we spoke about last week, Mike. Uh, we said if anything were to happen to Joel Embiid, Rashawn Holmes steps in as a must-add player alongside Jaleel Okafor. And I said I still think that there's going to be games where they, you know, maybe they rest Jaleel Okafor. Obviously, it's not going to happen Quit. now that Embiid is out. But Rashawn Holmes, his role is locked in. He's playing 24 to 25 minutes per game, and he's another very gritty player. He can rebound very well. He can score in the post. He gives you a ton of defensive upside. That's what I like about it most for category leagues. He's giving you blocks, steals. He's had four straight games with at least one block and one steal, and we've seen games where he has five blocks, three blocks. So Rashawn Holmes, after the Phoenix Suns guys, actually probably even before some of the Phoenix Suns guys, I'm looking at uh, Rashawn Holmes. But is there enough uh, shots to go around? I mean, I know you guys both like uh, the guy you refer to as Dahomey. There's Joel, uh, I'm just going to say Embiid. There's Okafor. So is there really enough shots to go around for him to be fantasy viable? Or is he viable because he does enough of the little things? No, and Embiid's out for the year. Which means Jaleel Okafor and uh, Rashawn Holmes are going to split time. And it's Holmes that has just been consistently more effective. Obviously, Dahomey's the number one option in there. <laughs> and I think Robert Covington probably is number two. But Rashawn Holmes, we talked about Big Sauce's double-double. This is really what Rashawn Holmes is doing, too. He seems to be more reliable than Jaleel Okafor. Less foul-prone as well. Holmes is definitely a real pickup. Yeah, that I agree 100%. He's right there neck and neck with me for, uh, with Alan Williams. They do both come off the bench. I think Rashawn Holmes uh, and Jaleel Okafor are going to split time evenly. We're going to see but both so of them. so are Lennon and Alan Williams. Yeah. <laughs> but but what's, what's, the diff- what's the point that you're trying to make? I like both of them as ads. All right, I just think we're, uh, it's fine. All right. <laughs> All right. So the next guy, I'm going to let Frank talk about him because two weeks ago, I couldn't tell you what sport this guy played. If it was hockey, if he was a <laughs> basketball player. So Frank. Talk about this guy, Scal. Scal. You're not going to say the last name. You're I'm not, not even going to try. Scal Labissiere. 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 What nationality a, is he? He's from Haiti. Oh, he's Haiti. I was not going to guess that. I so, guess uh, that. I watched a lot of videos. I watched a lot of, like, combine workout videos with Skull. And, you know, he has a lot of upside. He moves like a guard. And he's kind of built like a guard, too. He's very lean. He's slender. But he has the footwork of a guard. Like, he can make step-back jump shots. He has a legit mid-range jump shot. The problem is uh, it's going to hurt him playing the power forward position because other bigs are going to be able to take advantage of that on the defensive end. Uh, He's still very skinny. But he does have upside because he can score, he can rebound, and he's very, very long. So, you know, while he he could get abused on the defensive end, if there are smaller guys coming in there trying to t- drive towards the basket and he's protecting the rim, he could even pick up a few blocks. So, I like him as a guy that you're gonna you're gonna hold him for now, but he's gonna have more playing time down the stretch. They want to see what they have in him. In him, he actually started the other uh, the other night against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I liked what I saw out of him. He scored ten points. I believe he had five rebounds. But we've also seen a game where he had twelve rebounds. So he is very long. He's still a little bit raw, but he has a very nice mid range jump shot. Uh, I like his footwork a lot. The only thing is, I don't. 
the Kings don't really know what they're doing right now in their big man rotation. They're getting Costa Kufus involved still, Anthony Tolliver. It's very annoying to me because it seems like they're kind of trying to competitively rebuild and go for the eighth spot, whereas I think they should just start Willie Cauley-Stein, Scott LeBissier, and see what they have in these two guys, but it seems like they're just kind of messing with everyone minute, uh, everyone's minutes right now. I agree that's what they should probably be doing, like much like Phoenix, seeing what they have. Like, There's no reason to play Garrett Temple when he gets back, or Aaron Aflalo, or anything like that, or Ty Lawson. They're right there for the eighth seed. They are. Uh, they are. But I think Do you like, want to get them in there so they get swept by the Warriors? Right. I don't, I don't think that's the, that should be the goal here. I think the goal needs to be develop players. I, I agree, but I, I think as an organization, they're probably thinking, let's just get in the playoffs. I don't think so. They traded DeMarcus Cousins away. It's addition by subtraction. But like, seriously, what is the point? What is the point of playing Aaron LaFalle or Garrett Temple or Ty Lawson? They're not the future. I, I can't argue for it because I would be playing young guys as well. But if they See, I mean, like, let, let them develop because that means next year Buddy Heald will be in a better position for you and Scott Bissier will be in a better position and Willie Cauley-Stein. Like, th- to me, those three guys need to be the priority here, not Tyreek Evans who won't be back next year. That's silly. Hey, they seem to like, I like, guess. Give me McLemore <laughs> in there. Like, I, there is no need for any of these guys that will uh, not I be I wish here. they would play him. I, I believe I like, McLemore <laughs> is on a contract here as well, so he's probably gone too. But don't, but don't you want to see if he's worth signing? I think they've seen all that they need to out of him. Like, you you bring up a good point. I agree. They should be playing their young players. Maybe not even him, this though. This guy was a top five pick. Yeah. But there are a lot of top five it's picks. Like, it's like Willie Cully Stein, man. I want it. But I don't feel like he's ever gotten a fair I agree shot. With you. And that, like, there were a just, few seasons where Ben McLemore was playing over 25 minutes per game. I, I think we already know everything that we need to know about Ben I don't ben know. McLemore. I feel like McLemore goes to a different situation. I don't know. He, and he can, and he'll, he'll have a role. He's young. He has a lot of talent. At least he, he has flash. He does have talent. Yeah. How yeah. old is he? 24? Exactly. So, I mean, maybe. Maybe he just needed a little bit of time to develop. I, I wouldn't give up on this kid yet. Absolutely I would see not. where they have. I, I'm he's just happy they're finally playing really cool style, though. He's going to go somewhere and, and show up. He was drafted to the black hole known as the Sacramento You're right. Kings, though. And everyone goes Nick to the... Nick went there. Goes, what was the last Kings draft that was good? Cousins, right? Yep, pretty much. And he's gone. And he's gone. Yep. And constantly suspended. Like, I mean, look, <laughs> at the guys, look at the guys that drafted. Skull, McLemore, Willie Collins. None of these guys play. Well, Collins. Now. Finally. Originally, they drafted Marquise Chris, too, and they traded him on draft day. For Skull. Yes. Right? Yeah. Well, there, that's how you attack your waiver wire this week. Uh, thanks, Greg, for stopping by. You're hey, more than welcome my, to was, stay again. It, it was my pleasure. I know we have, somebody, you have another guest coming on, so, you know, I'll... Uh I'll, uh, What's up I'll, to you, I'll, man? I'll pack it up and uh, I'll, I'll see you guys. I'll see you guys Monday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. You too, man. Thanks, man. So that's how you should attack your waiver wires in 10, 12, 14. We kind of adjust everything. But stay tuned for more. We're going to be talking a little bit more basketball. Maybe some players coming back from injury. We have a guest, like Greg said. So stay tuned for more from Fantasy Basketball Weekly. Welcome back one last time to Fantasy Basketball Weekly. Hope you're enjoying us on a Saturday afternoon. Frank, we have a special guest, though. We're going to be joined by Kevin James of Brooklyn College, man, live in studio watching the show, so we're going to bring him on. Oh, we got a New York guy, finally. New I York like guy. it. You got to, oh, uh, you got to turn the mic on. Push that little white button. All right, while we get Kevin going here, we're going to talk about some play, uh, players in new that are returning. Mike, we're, we're talking about players that are returning? Or are we getting the well, back we, to our, our, our Cavs Celtics discussion? Well, that, I wanted to talk about that real quick because okay. we had other people in here watching the, the show and a debate broke out during, after segment one about if the, the Celtics really could give the Cavs any work. And Kevin has a strong opinion on this. He, he does not think the Celtics really stand a chance. I think... 
for this season, it won't go as far as a five-game series if it goes to the playoffs. And I don't even think they they can make it to the Eastern Conference playoffs if they got to play Washington. Because, I mean, Washington is really underrated because they have depth. Now, adding Brennan Jennings, I think, would make it easy. Plus, you're sleeping on... Marcus Thornton, which is a great three-point shooter. You got Otto Porter, who's lead the league in three-point percentage. And then you got Kelly O'Brien, who's going to give you points and is a young, scrappy player that I think their bench is strong. And Trey Burke, and then having Brandon Jennings, you might just give Trey Burke the ball, let him run the offense, and let Brandon Jennings just be a volume shooter. Uh, he is. So you think if it comes down to Cavs-Boston, it's over in five? Five. So who do you think is the biggest threat to the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference? I think it's... The Wizards they, or the would, Raptors? Ah, oh, damn. I see. Kyle Lowry, they're saying, will be back for the playoffs. But the thing is, Kyle Lowry last year, he sh- shot like 23% the whole, oh, the whole series. He breaks down every year in the second half it, of the season. Could this help them? Could this be a blessing in disguise? Yes, Because they'll be well-rested in the playoffs? It can. But I think Corey Joseph will be a big X factor, how, how you touched on the last segment. And um, having P.J. Tucker and having Serge Ibaka. Remember, Serge Ibaka increased his three-point percentage and having Patrick Patterson. Is he is he good for this year? I believe so. Yeah, Patrick Patterson is still uh, he's still a thing there, but uh, they brought in Serge Ibaka. They're playing small ball now, more with P.J. Tucker at the mm-hmm. four. You know, we, we've seen Jonas Valanciunas get benched a little bit. So, it'll be interesting to see down the stretch, but uh, I would have, I would have to go with the are a tough Wizards. team, man. I would have Wizards. to go with Wizards. Alright, and um, how many games, you think Cleveland wins that series? Yeah, they win that game in Maybe six. Six. Right. Only because uh, LeBron is just too much. So you think Cleveland once again cruises to the NBA like they, they, do, they, like they, they do every they, year. They will get to the NBA finals. Do you, do you think they match? We were kind of talking about the biggest test for each of these, you know, the teams mm-hmm. that we're expecting. Do you think it's Cavs, Warriors, round three? Um, No, I don't. Really? I don't. Who, Who takes the Warriors out? I would say... I'm probably going to say I would say the Rockets only because they do have a lot of firepower and the depth of the Warriors is 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 less than what they have since the last two years. I mean Barbosa was hitting three point shots, Spinks, um, Bogut, they all played their role and it was it was just it was so cohesive at that point. This team, Patchouli, he's he's off. I mean David West is half of what he was when he was in New Orleans. I mean they really their bench is not really that strong. Matt Barnes probably going to give you eight points if he makes those threes. Um, Durant, I mean they're hoping on. I think they're banking off scoring seventy four points in the first half. Kevin, can I ask you real quick? Are you a LeBron James fan? Yeah. I figured, I figured that's where we were going. Dude, so, so, I wanted to point that out. So to you, the, the difference is the Rockets bench with Lou Williams, Eric Lou, Gordon. Yeah, yes. That, that I mean, you have how they played the Clippers. I mean, knowing that the Clippers, they just don't have firepower like that. But how they played the Clippers and came back and you got, first of all, you got James Harden, who's going to go to the free throw line anytime he wants. You got Lou Williams and Eric Gordon. The two six men of the year, like they were both battling for the same award. Now they're on the same team, so now you got a stronger bench. Um, you got Beverly that's going to be a defensive stopper, where he's going to annoy Steph Curry. And I mean, once you put that bench, that bench is going to outscore the Warriors bench any day. At one point, you were making during in between breaks that I don't think anyone is is really even considering. Everyone's talking about Kevin Love coming back. You were saying when J.R. Smith comes back, you think that's going to be a big he's X already, factor for the Cavs. He's already practicing shooting. Between that Boston game, he was already warming up. So if he gets back into a, a shooting rhythm, 
just in time for the end of the regular season going into the playoffs. And he gets rhythm and he gets hot. You've seen what he did at Atlanta last two years, right? Took Kyle Korver out of his game, locked him up, scored 20, average 27, I think, in those series. He was a huge factor. Went into the finals, scored last 13 points in the last nine minutes of game seven. I mean, no. Third quarter, he scored like yeah. three points. He was the X factor in that game, I believe. Yes, he was. They, they were down. They came out at halftime, and and he had a he scored. I think he had three threes in a row or something along mm-hmm. those lines, and it really brought them back. But the reason I think that's a good point is because J.R. Smith can win you games with his shooting or lose you games. But with the Cavs, if he's off, they just they, they could just tell him you know give the ball, don't take any shots. We have Kyrie Irving. LeBron James, a big three, obviously, but they also have Kyle Korver. They have other guys who could score the ball, but he's obviously going to help. Frank, what do you think about that point? Uh, you know what? We brought up uh, J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver. It's interesting that you know he was locking up Kyle Korver, and now they actually have Kyle Korver on the same team. So I find that interesting. He, you, Mike, we've seen J.R. Smith play up for the Knicks. We know that he is a guy that can lose you games, win you games, but when it comes down to it, I don't know that he's going to have the same shot attempts that he's had in the past because they have, they still have LeBron, they have Kyrie, and now they brought in Deron Williams like we were talking about. They have Kyle Korver. So, I mean, they have a lot of help off the bench. J.R. Smith, you know, he's going to start. He could shoot a couple threes, but I think it's the other guys that we have coming off the bench that mean more to this team now. Frank, don't forget that J.R. Smith is one of the top, top three-point shooters in history, top five next to Ray Allen, Steph Curry, and Reggie Miller. Three-point made, okay? That's that's because he takes 20 a game. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, volume shooter, but he does does win you games. He can make tough shots. He can can become a playmaker off the bench. Darren Williams, he's he's a shell of himself. I would say that. It doesn't hurt, though. It doesn't hurt to have Darren Williams. And think about it. Since he's left Jerry Sloan's system, he hasn't been the same person. It's that system. Because he couldn't do it in Brooklyn. He couldn't. Dallas, he lost his job to a t- guy with a 10-day ten ten contract. He did. No, yeah. It's, these are all fair points. Uh, I'm happy that you're criticizing the Cavs, even though you're I a mean, Le- LeBron listen, fan. Listen, I'm a LeBron fan, but I'm a basketball fan. I watch the game. I see the difference with transition between players. And I and I and I'll see the trajectory. If you look at Jr., I don't think he has a problem with his role. Do you root for any New York team at all? Do you, are you Knicks fan, Nets fan at all, or not? I really? do root for the Mets. I'm not a strong baseball. Um, no, no, the Nets, the Brooklyn oh, Nets, the Nets? Or the Knicks. Nah, of course not. <laughs> That's a good answer. How about the Knicks? The Knicks? Nah, not. Nah, I don't like it. when Dolan gets out the way and Phil gets out the way. Maybe you just got on Frank's good side because he hates those guys. So you're just you're really just a LeBron and a, and a basketball purist. Listen, I, I like basketball. I got if I if I want to. A fantasy league I know the players I want I know my top five I know my bench So your finals is As of today Cleveland and Houston Yeah And, and, and if, who do you have winning? Cleveland Repeating Alright well there you go I mean I have I have the Warriors I don't. I think Frank has the Cavs So I mean you guys It looks like you guys Are in agreement But thank you for joining us Definitely Thank you for having me And guys Everyone Thank you for listening again You can hear us every Saturday From 12 to 1pm Eastern For my man Frank I'm Michael Florio Have a great weekend Oh, 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 o